0: Technicolor Jesus is brought to you in partnership with The Christian Century, a magazine for progressive church leaders. everybody. Welcome to Technicolor Jesus, where we talk movies and pop culture with an eye for pastors, preachers, and Sunday school teachers. My name is Matt. I'm the pastor at University Presbyterian Church in Austin, Texas. And I'm Adam, and I'm a scholar, minister, and writer in Pennsylvania. So Adam and I are gathered up the morning after the Oscars for a quick bit of post-game analysis and probably a bit of speculative wonder. But stay tuned to the end of the show today for an important Technicolor Jesus programming announcement. Adam, we've got big news around these parts. Big news! But before we get there, we've also got a new sponsor on the show. I know, big time, Matt. Big time. We uh, we are
1: supported today um, by Emory University's Candler School of Theology in Atlanta. You can build critical skills for Christian ministry with a two-year Master of Religious Leadership degree. You can choose from six areas of specialization, including youth ministry, worship and music, pastoral care, mission, evangelism, and world Christianity. Peacebuilding and Conflict Transformation, and Wesleyan Leadership and Heritage. Details are at candler.emory.edu slash technicolorjesus. Go check it out. Uh, Matt, neither you or I went to Emory, but we are happy that they are sponsoring this podcast.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel particularly like excited about uh, anything that helps with Wesleyan leadership and heritage here on a week when the Methodist Church is just gathered up in, in disarray. And I know that, uh, at least for me personally, I'm, I'm sending a lot of prayers and a lot of care to that denomination and friends and colleagues there as they wrestle with some hard stuff.
1: Yeah, likewise, me too.
0: So, but we are here doing less important things. We are here talking about last night's Academy Awards. Adam, it was a big night for the Oscars. I suppose that is kind of always true. Uh, Let me kick it. Every year, it's a big night. Yeah, let me kick it right to you. What were some of your favorite moments from the broadcast last night?
1: Um, So I have two. I I think there was a lot of question around whether or not having a host would, would be a problem for the Oscars. It seemed to not make any difference whatsoever as far as I was concerned. Yeah, no difference. The two the two moments that I I quite enjoyed were the first as when the uh, the the makeup award was given and three people game up read from the same acceptance speech but it seemed like a like strange performance art mashup of a thank you like like some sort of like John Berryman poem that you're not <laughs> supposed to read aloud. <laughs> It was like the most it was it was the most insane thing and they just kept going and then the music starts playing and that makes everybody nervous, but apparently it didn't make them nervous at all. And they just kept moving and moving until the mic cut off. And that's when I knew, wow, that was something special. So anytime when people you've never heard of get a chance to speak on live television yeah. for um and are unprepared to do so, I find that like Like live without a net, like I'm at the circus watching the Chappies artists. And the other thing that made me very, very happy was uh, I'm just glad that Spike Lee, Spike Lee won something.
0: Yeah, man. It's been too long. Yeah,
1: it's been too long. I'm going to I'm going to give you a pop quiz right now. Okay. What has Spike Lee been nominated for previously in his career and what has he won in the Oscars?
0: I mean, I know Do the Right Thing is nominated. For what screenplay? And yes, I, and I'm I'm guessing hopeful that Malcolm X was nominated. I, I know it didn't win, um, and I'm wondering about Twenty Fifth Hour on min, maybe when the levees break. But I don't know whether that would show up in the Academy or whether it shows up at the Emmys. Right. Uh, so he, he was
1: nominated in 1990 for Do the Right Thing. Not nominated for uh, a director award. He was nominated for Best Documentary Feature in 1998 for Four Little Girls, which is about the four girls who were murdered by Klansmen. Mm-hmm. Which is a great movie, actually yeah, really good. Uh, he won an honorary award in 2016, right. and uh, last night he won for Best Adapted Screenplay for Black Klansmen and. He was nominated for Best Achievement in Directing and Best Motion Picture of the Year. That is criminal. It is criminal. This should give you some indication that the the Oscars are still uh, struggling. <laughs> I mean, I Black Klansman is is a good movie, um, but I don't. In a little bit later, I want to ask you where it lands in your list of Spike Lee movies, but before we do that what was the what was the important uh, impression that you had of the ceremony last night
0: well i mean there were moments i really enjoyed i enjoyed olivia coleman winning a lot uh that there's something too. I, that was a surprise yeah th- i love the surprise of it and you kind of in the overlapping venn diagram of people who are surprised to win and people who are naturally very charismatic in front of a microphone anyway and she she managed to pull that off and it was uh I just very endearing to watch her be surprised by that. Uh, I I really enjoyed, um, more even this morning than last night, Trevor Noah's introduction of Black Panther, uh, where he kind of riffs on Black Panther reminding him of an old Xhosa proverb that he heard growing up in South Africa. And then he says the proverb, which is supposed to mean something like, Uh, when we all work together, we do better, but actually it turns out to mean white people don't know I'm lying, which is kind (laughs) of an amazing meta moment for the ceremony as a whole. And then a little tiny thing that I really liked, uh, say what you want about the movie, but I I thought that um, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga did a great job uh, in their best original song performance of Shallow, and I what I thought was really spectacular about it was having the crew push out the piano and then having Bradley Cooper and Gaga just get up from the front row of the seats and walk onto the stage and sing it without being backstage at all or having any of that kind of normal backstage prep time. There was something very accessible about that that yeah, was I very like that. powerful. Yeah, I agree. I um, agree. And I, I, I have, you know, broader thoughts about the ceremony as a whole, but those are, those are some of the moments that... Wrong for me.
1: Yeah, Olivia Coleman is just such a great moment. In part because I feel like, um, I, I fell in love with her in Broadchurch. Yeah, well, yeah, and and then suddenly she showed up in a movie that was important. And I was like, "Yes, I'm rooting for you in this movie." And then she wins unexpectedly in a category that everyone thought that Glenn Close would win. Yeah, um, it was it was a really lovely, lovely moment. What? Let's talk about the victories. Which yeah. victories did you like? Pump your fist and say like, "Yes, I'm glad that
0: happened." Uh, really glad for Regina King for if Beale Street could talk. Uh, we haven't talked about that movie on the show. That movie knocked me over. I thought like with Roma, that was kind of my my other major artistic achievement for the year in my in my opinion and I I thought it needed more love last night but I was really glad that Regina King got some of it Uh, and then I just enjoyed because I'm such a Roma fan I enjoyed watching Quaron win maybe especially at cinematography Uh, is the first person who's ever won on a best cinematography Oscar for a movie that he also directed and that's 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 a very cool achievement, and I enjoyed giving him a chance to to be recognized in that way. Um, yeah, it so, gives you some indication about how how much of a
1: genius he is. Yeah, absolutely. I Especially mean, it, like in that speech, he he shouts out Chivo, his his longtime cinematographer that he right. that he works with regularly, which was really sweet <laughs> yeah. too. Because it's it's a little bit like he's his his friend and cinematographer wasn't available he's was like oh i guess i'll just do it myself right and then shoots a movie that ends up winning the academy award for cinematography
0: yeah. and then you know and then um i mean it was no surprise to anybody but i was thrilled for spider-man into the spider-verse cuz that movie is dope And it was, was, I was really glad to see an animated feature win that was kind of pushing the boundaries of animated feature a little bit,
1: which was really interesting too, because that, that category was presented by Pharrell Williams and he started talking about the Bible and at the beginning of the introduction was crazy about children. And then it was really interesting to me that into the spider verse ends up winning and it it's animated, but it is more than a children's movie. Absolutely. It's not it's not designed specifically for children. It's it's really playing with the medium. And so much of the animated features that do get nominated are geared towards children and adults simultaneously. And so it, it made it made that introduction seem so tone deaf considering yes. what it ended up winning. Yeah. Um, so here are my the victories that I loved. I all of the Romo Awards. I love seeing Quaron talk. Yeah. Um he always had he <laughs> just sort of off the cuff, would just um, would quote great filmmakers. Did you notice right. this? Like in both <laughs> both of his speeches, he's just kind of like oh yeah, when uh, you know, like when Billy Wilder said this or that, All I mean, right. I was like, wow,
0: this guy is incredible. Um, well, And him and saying th- like, you know, I grew up watching his foreign language uh, best picture yeah. um, speech. You know, I grew up watching foreign language films and then starts talking about The Godfather and Citizen Kane. And Jaws. And Jaws, You know, like, <laughs> oh, thank you. This is perfect. It's so perfect. And I I loved that moment.
1: Yeah, I, I did when it won for best foreign language when Roma won for best foreign language, I did get scared because I was like, Oh, it's, I, it's unlikely that it's going to win for best picture. Now we'll get to that. Yeah, we will get to that. But all of the black Panther awards too. Mm-hmm. I think I was hoping that between Roma and black Panther, that either one of them would, would win best picture. But what I loved about all of the black Panther technical achievement awards that it ended up winning, I mean, a lot of them were in, um, sound editing, I think in, in costuming and, um, in our directions and mm-hmm. some other things like that. Um, what it did was um, it, it honored this and it was, it was, it was interesting that in those categories, it's very rare that you saw an African American face receive the award. Mm. And, and a couple of different times they, they said, this is the first black woman to win this award or something like that. And, um, and it just, As we look back on these Academy Awards years from now, I wonder how Black Panther is going to to fit into this, in part because it feels like its very intentional choice to keep its crew and cast largely African-American or or African uh, is going to pay dividends for people's jobs in the future. And so that the next time you see a period piece it might be by this woman who won the art yeah. um, direction or I mean I'm just I wonder how the reverberations of those choices made in this massive um, movie that made a billion dollars that would, had a huge budget is going to reverberate through filmmaking for the next 20 25 years.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I I wonder, and I do, I also wonder how this ceremony will be viewed, how this year and Oscars will be viewed five, ten years down the road. I mean, we can talk about that in the context of, of Green Book and whether or not that Best Picture winner will have any kind of lasting credibility. I, I suspect the other thing that this year will be remembered for is the non-event of Romo winning so much despite being a Netflix film. Uh, yes. And, and you know, the, the, the and they only mention – now, I did not see all of the ceremony because uh, I was on a plane for part of it. But the only mention I saw of it was uh, – of, of the Netflix piece was in the opening bit – that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler and Maya Rudolph did where they were kind of rattling through cheap jokes that they would have made if they if there was a longer bit at the opening of the Oscars and they made some throwaway joke about Netflix. And what's next? Like, my microwave makes a movie? But, like, the joke there is that it's a bad joke and that it doesn't matter right. anymore. And I didn't see anybody else giving any... In any gruff to the idea that like that kind of self-important theatrical movie going thing that I feel like we were getting from the Oscars for several years d- didn't seem as apparent to me last night. And I, and I wonder whether there's a, um, whether there's a turn. So that's an interesting question. Do you think that the Netflix,
1: um, that that Roma was a part that was released by Netflix affected the outcome of these results.
0: No, I in terms of best picture wins, yeah. No, I think that very smart people whose opinions I like probably split their votes among a couple of different movies, and people whose opinions I don't like as much, just to put my cards on the table, all voted for Green yeah. Book. That's, I mean, in reality, that's what I think. That 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 favorite and Black Klansman and Black Panther and Roma. All of whom I would have been totally happy to see win um, just kind of split their votes. That's my sense too, and I
1: and I wonder, and it might just be that this is the intersection of of the imaginary Academy voter in my mind, right? Uh, which is that the person who would be offended that Netflix is putting out these movies is also the type of person that would have enjoyed Green Book and believed that it was the best picture of the year.
0: Maybe, but I also I mean, feel but, like this. Yeah. You know, there's the the Quentin Tarantino voter, right, who has that, the Chris Nolan voter, who has that degree of importance about the theatrical experience and goes see, goes to see things when they're in 70 millimeter, and I kind of raise my hand here, like, I go see things because they're in 70 millimeter, um, who who cares about the, the, the cinema space as a historic institution, who I think is probably too smart to get fooled by Green Book. Right.
1: So let's talk about Green Book. I mean, because I think I think both of us were disappointed that that one, especially given the slate that you just mentioned, all of which I think would have been right more worthy of the, the
0: Oscar. Right, and Beale Street not even there, which is... Yeah, and I mean,
1: the question is, is like, okay. So there was, there was any number of different critiques of this movie that you can find online written by very smart people. Uh, my problem in the end is that it had a sort of a formula that felt dated to me. Yep. And um, not that it wasn't, it didn't have a, a like real, real talent behind it. It's that the formula itself for that movie just isn't interesting to me. It, it didn't say anything that I hadn't heard said before in the 1990s. Yeah. It didn't it 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 had it it was able to implement comedy a little bit better than some of the movies that have been so self-serious in the past. But I think that's just due to the Farrelly's trying to like having a little bit of there. And it's got and I think Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali are both really good actors. Sure. And so it it can it can hold the weight. But at the end of the day, I was just kind of bored.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And there are also really substantial concerns about whose story we're telling here. And I I am also troubled by the reports from Don Shirley's family about the ways in which his story was silenced in the production of this film. So, And so it makes it hard for me to take seriously a film that proclaims to be trying to do some work around racial reconciliation and racial peacemaking and truth-telling when the actual production itself is less interested in the story being told by the descendants of its prominent Black character than it is in the story being told by the descendants of its prominent White character. And that just strikes me as as a structural problem. And the the kind of can't we all just get along messaging that comes out of it feels totally then disingenuous
1: Yeah, and it doesn't challenge you at the end of the day I mean, and I think I think everyone got out of that movie sort of off the hook Um, And that's the that's what's hard for me, which is like I'm not sure that you can continue to have conversations of race in this country at this time without feeling discomfort And the fact that you can come away feeling um good without the without an equal measure of discomfort in your um place within this world is is a problem and I think I mean to be frank I I think something similar could be said for Bohemian Rhapsody which almost utterly overlooks Freddie Mercury's queerness as a as an important part of his journey and and life and it, it's Kind of whitewashed in its own way, in a way that I was um, I was uncomfortable with, and that movie's got a lot of them. I don't even know why that movie was nominated. To be perfectly yeah. frank,
0: yeah, I, I wouldn't necessarily but, argue that. I'm not sure that I would argue that it overlooks his queerness, but it, I think it overlooks being a good movie in a lot of ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, I so I think the question for me with respect to green book in particular is I don't think it's going to age. Well, no, I'm willing to put on alignment and say that no, the absolutely d- decision not. is not going to age. Well, the question is, it's going to age like crash, which is now a perennial punchline. Yeah. I mean, or is this movie going to be driving Miss Daisy, right? Which is kind of a bummer driving Miss Daisy, yeah. that, that driving Miss Daisy one. Um, and, it Spike Lee has been incredibly vocal recently about the fact that "Do the Right Thing" didn't win, and "Driving Miss Daisy" did. Right, and I don't think that that's unintentional. I think that he is trying to imply what he thinks of Green Book.
0: Yeah, I mean, but, he was, and he was pretty explicit about it at his post awards interview last night, where he, you know, he said basically like every time someone drives somebody. I, I I get I get the shaft, you know, and all they did all they did was reverse positions in the car. Uh, yeah. So he was he was not particularly subtle yesterday. Yeah, I I agree. Um, so
1: when you look back in this in this year in movies, five years from now, what are you going to remember? What's the movie that's going to stand out even ten ten years from now? How are you going to sort of like? keep this category or this year? What What's the file going to be he- um, headed?
0: Roma, to be sure, for me. Um, Black Panther, to be sure. I think that that trio of Black Panther and Beale Street and Widows is really the, the way in which our, at least my regular diet of films made by Black creators In all kinds of interesting genres is is exploding and it feels like it this year is was really one of the touchstone places for that for which I'm profoundly grateful
1: yeah I think Widows has got a second act I think it's going to come back and become more important than than this
0: year gave it credit for I I also think I I think Spider-Verse will linger because of some of the formal stuff that it's doing and and some of the ways in which it's pushing the envelope with on, with animation um i i you know i I don't know what to think of this ceremony as a whole um it, it in some ways of course it's it it showcased a a much more diverse set of winners and set of presenters um doing really interesting stories from all kinds of cultural perspectives and then also green book and so part of me feels like last night is just evidence of Hollywood's ability to to ingest anything and to kind of move <laughs> in all directions at once it brings out like my old my old adorno critical theory stuff of like the 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 mass culture is just going to move in every possible direction as long as there is traction and uptake and, yeah and so, the borg is going to eat it all yeah, yeah and so we're just it's just all assimilated kind of in every direction at once and and so to try to make moral judgments about that, or to say the academy is really um, to lift up these voices or silence these voices, or the academy's making a moral statement about X or Y or Z, it is assigning agency to something that actually just kind of omnivorously goes in all directions all the time. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, that That's my sense, um, you know,
1: I think, as i as i listen to you talk i'm i'm wondering in the ways in which like just the superhero genre itself is doing that like it's, yeah, sure. it's moving in a number of different directions and i think that's what that's going to i'm going to remember mm-hmm. is i i think i think black panther is is an, an incredible achievement i actually if had it won best picture i would have been Totally happy because it would have signaled an appreciation of something that is very difficult to do. It was really well done. It was almost universally appreciated. And so it it seems as a, a worthy honor to bestow upon that movie, considering all of the things that were stacked against it. Um, but similarly, I thought I thought Infinity War was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like here's an un like here's like the 12th movie in a move in a cinematic universe. And it and it did some things that it's never done, or 25th movie. Yeah, or it's like 19th but, or 20th, you know, man. Yeah. You know, like and it did something that the previous 20 hadn't done. Mm-hmm. And it and it had it had its own style. I mean, so there's that, there's the way that Deadpool is doing its own thing. There's the Spider-Verse that was doing its own thing. I mean, so I just, I just wonder if, you know, to take your critical theory lens, like that, even these genres that we thought were so static, they themselves are beginning to press out of what we understand them to be, and that's that's kind of exciting to me. And you know, I'm I'm looking forward to to what that might entail, and we're gonna see Captain Marvel here in a few weeks, and and talk about it, and I I wonder what that. Now I'm I'm, I'm actually more excited to see these movies considering that there's some real filmmaking going on here. And it's not as formulaic as it once was.
0: Yeah, no, we've come a long way from, uh, from Thor and not to mention a long way from the kind of tepidly bland genre of superhero movie that existed before Iron Man. Right. Right. So here's, here's the
1: last thing I want to do with you. So 25 years ago, okay. I think about 25 years is a pretty good indication of when I started to like truly fall in love with movies. Okay. Right. I'm just like in it watching just devouring movies. I I begin to realize that there are movies that existed long before I existed. Right. Right. So I'm I'm, like actually consuming a back catalog. Right. So this is the year that I sort of fell in love with movies. And I want to just I'm going to go through the Oscars and I'm going to allow you to repick The winner of the important categories in the 1994 Oscar categories. Okay. All right.
0: right. Okay. Are you going to
1: tell me the nominees? Because I'm not going to tell you the nominees. Okay. Yeah, I'll tell you the nominees. Um, We're going to start with. uh, Let's start with the writing nominees. The the screenplay on a a material previously produced Mm -hmm. or published. Schindler's List. Age of Innocence in the Name of the Father, The Remains
0: of the Day, Shadowlands. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> That's good. I don't remember Shadowlands well. I, I I know Schindler's List is now going to run all these categories, and there's something there's something good and virtuous about that. Let's not forget how good a movie in the name of the father is, though. That movie a, that movie an is an amazing movie. movie. Uh Shadowlands. Shadowlands is a C.S. Lewis biopic. Right, okay.
1: Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, it's all right. Uh, writing screenplay for original screenplay, The Piano. Dave, great movie. That's a great. In movie. the
0: Line of Fire, Philadelphia, Sleepless in Seattle. I mean, Philadelphia was such the the film of the moment. In the Line of Fire is a great movie. Uh, it's a uh, Clint Eastwood uh, um, and John Malkovich as the presidential assassin. That is a that that is a, a decent film. It um, is. It's a good thriller. Um I, I I I think sleepless in Seattle might deserve some credit. there. just we, we didn't realize how good we had it in terms of those um very well made that very well made generation of romantic comedies um that um I think we've we've lost some of. Okay.
1: Actor in a leading role. Mhm. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Mhm. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis for in the Name of the Father. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne and What's Love Got to Do with It—that's a killer performance. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins in The Remains of the Day. Oh boy, and
0: Liam Neeson in Schindler's List. Yikes! Yeah, I would just <laughs> run away. I mean, who wants to who <laughs> who wants to vote against any of those? Um, that is incredible. I don't even remember who wins. That is it. Is it Tom, Tom Hanks, is it Hanks? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the and at the time, that I think that was probably the right call, just because it was so. Im- it was so such an important moment. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Anthony Hopkins may, may be doing the, the, the big, the most capital A acting there. Well, I mean, actor in a supporting role in this year
1: is really fascinating too. Tommy Lee Jones for the fugitive. He wins. Mm-hmm. It's a great performance. Leonardo DiCaprio. And What's eating Gilbert grape yeah. really his sort of coming out yeah, as yeah. a real actor. Ray fines in Schindler's list. Yeah. Um, the monologue alone gets him on that list. Uh, John Malkovich is great in, in the line of fire yeah. and then Pete Postles wait for in the name of the father. Like, yeah, I mean, another, I, might, I might go with Pete, well. but I'm
0: just kind of in a, in a, in a little bit of a, I need to go watch in the name of the father again, apparently.
1: Yeah. Uh, actress in a leading role, Holly Hunter wins for the piano, but Angela Bassett, mm-hmm. what's left got to do with it. Stalker Channing in six degrees of separation. I really like that movie. Uh, also Will Smith, sort of his coming out part mm-hmm. is an actual actor. Uh, Emma Thompson in *The Remains of the Day*, Endeavour Winger in *Shadowlands*. Hmm. I, I, I think we give it to Angela Bassett. But such a physical, demanding, yeah, um, sure. role. The Jane Campion of the Force in the '90s. All right, directing. Uh, Steven Spielberg for Schindler's List. Yeah, *In the Name of the Father*. Jim Sheridan, mm-hmm. Jane Campion for *The Piano*, James Ivory for *The Remains of the Day*, and Matt. Here you go.
0: Coming in hot. Shortcuts. Oh, bye gosh. Bye, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, this this was this was an inevitable category, right? Like Spielberg won this and everybody knew he was going to win it for, for six months going into it. Like he was yes. going to win this award before that movie ever came out because he had never won. And this was just seriously overdue. But I I actually suspect that the fact that it was inevitable maybe may overshadow what an accomplishment Schindler's List actually is as a piece of filmmaking. (laughs) I like this take. This is really good. So I I, I actually I I would I would double down on Spielberg for that win just because that is that movie is um, it. It is not just good because of its inherent drama. It is good because it is well made.
1: Yeah, it's really well made, and the performances themselves are really good. Yeah. There are three, the three performances that have to work uh, between Liam Neeson, Rafe Fines, and Ben Kingsley are are top shelf, upper echelon yeah. type of performances that are incredible.
0: Yeah. Um, I, 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 like Jane Campion and the piano has never been my favorite of her films. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm, I'm a little down on that stock, but that's, that's all that is. I do. I love shortcuts though. I love shortcuts. No, I like Alman a lot, but that is not my thing. That movie. Is I love time. that movie. All right. And then best picture
1: Schindler's List wins the fugitive in the name of the father, the piano and remains of the day. Yeah. I mean, That's right. It's right. This, that's right. That's right. It wins. It should win. Yeah. All right, Matt, now's the time where we talk about our partnership with the Christian century. Uh, We want to guide your attention to the great work they're doing Uh, right now. Sarah Rossiter, who's a poet, uh, frequently writes poetry for the century. And there's a lovely poem called half light. That's on their website right now that I read this morning that I quite enjoy. And then I, it led me back to some of the other poaches she's written. And, um, and this is one of the underrated parts of the Christian Century is how much good poetry that you get exposed to reading the magazine. And so if you don't subscribe uh, to the Century, Technicolor Jesus listeners can get a free trial magazine subscription. For more information, visit ChristianCentury.org slash podcast offer.
0: And now we've got a little bit of a show announcement. Uh, this is where uh, we would insert the drum roll sound effect if we uh, had the capacity or interest of doing that. Um, yeah, no, we don't have the bandwidth nor the, the budget to uh, download the WAV file. <laughs> <laughs> but Technicolor Jesus uh, has entered a stage in its life where we are going to change the name of the show. So uh, for a, a host of reasons, uh, Technicolor Jesus will, will no longer be called Technicolor Jesus, and we're going to, to embark on a new chapter with a new name. You want to you tell the folks about it, Adam? It's going to be called Sunday Morning Matinee. This is an
1: attempt to lean more into the the work that we're trying to do, which is to make movies relevant to people who work on Sunday mornings and recognizing that as movie lovers and as ministers ourselves, um, this we've always hoped that the show would be one where we um, where we serve people who are ministers and church workers and um, lay leaders who are trying to make sure that the that the gospel and the culture in which they live um, are intersecting on a regular basis. So we're gonna we're gonna change our name. We're gonna do a little bit of rebranding. Uh, if you already subscribed to the podcast, fantastic. Just continue to subscribe to the podcast. There will be um, you will see that the name will get changed automatically. Uh, if it scares you that there is a new name and you don't know what's going on. Um, I'm sorry, this is just, you know, I got bad news for you about <laughs> life in the internet age. <laughs> so, um, our hope is that this will allow us to have a little bit more push into different parts of, um, uh, of an audience that we don't yet have. And so, um, if you have uh, ideas on how to help us uh, publicize this and make sure that this doesn't confuse anyone, feel free to send us an email um, or to to reach out to us via the Christian Century page. So there's gonna be some 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 changes, but mainly the show will stay the same. It's just Matt and I talking about movies and inviting our guests and friends on to have conversations that we think are worthwhile for people who are doing ministry. Matt, do you have anything else to offer?
0: Yeah, so we think in uh, a few weeks when we come back to talk about Captain Marvel that we'll be doing it under the the new show branding. We're still ironing out the details of the schedule of that. Um, But for now, just keep your um, podcast subscription exactly where it is. And we should see you again under new name and branding but uh, in the same exact place that you've filed us before. And to be sure, we are sticking around with Christian Century. So um, all else fails, go to the Century page, look for podcasts, and you will find us um, and the show archive and the new stuff that drops as well. Uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. Uh, looking forward to um, a, a, another chance to go check in with Marvel and uh, and for what emerges out of it. So uh, we'll see you in a few weeks with that. And until then, that's the show. All right. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Adam.